Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be back on this morning where we're trying something new together. Please find a position that feels comfortable for you. Where you feel comfortable and alert. Allow yourself to settle into the sitting in whatever way works for you. And we'll just spend a couple of minutes settling in. So today I'd like to continue an exploration of some of the synergies and, and resonances between Gestalt therapy and Zen practice. I've got a little kind of theme going here the last few weeks. A few weeks ago, I spoke about Gestalt therapy's paradoxical theory of change, which if you remember says that Change occurs when we become what we are, not when we try to become something we aren't. Change occurs when we become what we are, 
not when we try to become something we aren't. And what I want to explore today is a kind of uh, a variation on that theme, on that paradoxical theory of change. And that's the idea of supporting resistance. So not pushing through resistance, not tolerating resistance, maybe not even accepting resistance. I want to talk about actively supporting resistance, supporting defensiveness, supporting our unwillingness, our holding back, supporting the parts of us that don't want to make contact with the other or with life as it is. Every therapist and every client of a therapist and every meditator is going to meet resistance on their path. So the question I want to look at today is how do we work with our resistance? I'll explore one way of working with that. I had the idea that we could do an a type of inquiry practice for a few minutes. So we could ask ourselves a question and then just sit with an openness to what comes up. So not necessarily trying to answer the question, but just seeing what it brings up in us, what arises, if anything. And the first question I want to look at is how am I resisting? How am I resisting? You can take this to mean how am I resisting right now? Or you can take it to mean how am I resisting broadly, more broadly in my life? However you want to take it is fine, whatever comes up for you. You might want to repeat the question every now and then, every 30 seconds or so to keep it resonating in your awareness. So let's just sit with this question now for about five minutes. How am I resisting? How am I resisting?
How am I resisting? We can gradually come back to our bodies now, back to our breath. But just let the effect of that question stay with it, with us, if it's had any effect. Anyway, it resonated with you. Recently in my therapy practice, I was working with a new client. And this quiet client is quite closed. She's quite resistant. Part of her obviously wants to make richer contact with other people and with herself. And that's the part that brought her to therapy. But there's an equally strong part that resists contact. That's probably what brought her to therapy as well. So she was having trouble sitting with me. I think this was our, our second session. And she was especially having trouble making eye contact. 
but I could tell she was trying to force herself to be a good client or what she thought was a good client by pushing through, by kind of confronting her resistance. That's what she thought was required in therapy. And I think to her surprise, I actually did something to support her resistance. I suggested that we reposition our chairs so that we weren't looking at one another, but we're actually facing the same wall. So kind of at a 45 degree angle to each other. And we continued talking. And of course she got more and more relaxed. And that part of her that wants to make contact became more figural. Because now her resistance was being held and was being supported by the positioning of our chairs. So she didn't need to hold on to it anymore. She didn't need to hold on to it as tightly. She could let go of it. So this is where supporting resistance can become a paradoxical path through resistance. When resistance is supported, sometimes it can be released. We can think about how we might support resistance in our meditation practice. And sometimes this might be as simple as holding a particular attitude towards our practice. Joko Beck and Barry Majid and Andrew and many other teachers talk about being open to whatever arises in meditation, including our resistance. So this attitude of openness, of, of acceptance, is a form of support for resistance. We might go beyond openness towards actively valuing resistance. I want to read you now some excerpts of a piece of writing by the poet David White. This is from a book in which he reflects on individual words. And he often provides a kind of twist on how we normally think about particular words. And here he writes about the word denial, which we can see is a particular type of resistance. I'll quote him now. Denial is underestimated as a state of being. Denial is an ever-present and even splendid thing when seen in the light of its merciful and elemental powers to cradle and hold an identity until it is ready to move on. Faced with the depth of loss and disappearance in the average life, a measure of denial is creative, necessary, and self-compassionate. Children are not meant to know that they are one day to die and older adults are not meant to tell them. 
refusing to face what we are not yet ready and ripe to face can help us to live in the present. And then later on at the end of the poem, White says, to deny denial is to invite powers into our lives that we have not yet readied ourselves to meet. To deny denial is to invite powers into our lives we have not yet readied ourselves to meet. So when I read this, I think, well, here's a man who's come to cherish his own denial. who's come to cherish his own resistance. Imagine the internal environment we could create if we cherished all of our resistance in this way. We don't need to work on being open to things we cherish. We're naturally open to them. I'm going to suggest we do another five minute period of inquiry. Last time we sat with the question, how am I resisting? This time let's ask, how can I support my resistance? How can I rearrange the chairs in my own heart and my own mind? How can I support my resistance? Try to let this question fill your awareness. How can I support my resistance? How can I support my resistance?
How can I support my resistance? So we can come back to our bodies now, back to our breath, letting go of that question, letting go of this guided meditation, but remaining open to the effect it's had on us. I'll finish soon, but for a minute, let's just sit in silent awareness.
So I'll now ring the bell or recite the practice principles and then we can move into the period of witnessing. We'll just move into the 10 minutes of silence now and finish with the practice principles after 10 minutes. Just remember when you're going to share something, unmute yourself. When you finish sharing, uh, press your mute button again. I'll just kick off and say thank you, Reese, for giving, giving me that permission to be with, allow, support my resistance. I feel a sense of relief and a sense of lightness. I've always had a feeling that there's something okay about being in denial um, and that supports that. Not forever, but that it can be useful. So thank you for that. Uh, I had a sense that uh, resisting, resisting and denial was a kind of self-care or a sense of compassion at a certain point. I had that feeling. Yeah. I feel a possibility of practicing just being myself without this big load of pressure. Thank you. Um, thanks for that. Um, I just got to say I resisted the whole thing. <laughs> um, I have a lot of pain in my back and arm. And uh, when I sat down, I just started really struggling with getting comfortable. And then I, uh, and I kept wriggling all the way through. And uh, then when the words started, my mind just said, no, no, stay up. I don't want this to come into my mind. I just, I just want to, <laughs> to be switched off. And, uh, and then I started thinking, well, I was going to send all these things about the project. Like, can I see the project uh, brief and, you know, thinking about all the ethics and everything around signing up. And so I just, I just felt <laughs> completely discombobulated. And uh, so I'm, I'm not really participating, but I just wanted to share that. 
<laughs> Thanks. Make of it what you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing, Michael. I've had a washing machine quietly drumming away in the background. Um, and I really struggle with machine noise. It really affects me in the morning. So I didn't, I couldn't really um, get past or, or get comfortable with my resistance to that. Um, but by giving it permission, it didn't bubble up. It just sort of simmered and I could kind of sit with it and it gradually sort of it, it kept a lid on it, I think, and helped it calm down. And then what I, what Michael said um, kind of released it all with with humour. Um, I thank you, Therese and Michael. Put a smile on my face. Hello, Th thank you for that, Jonathan here. My life's been through such big changes in the last year or year and a half. But I can see now, settling in this morning, that it was a part of me that was keeping me safe. I needed to resist so I wasn't overwhelmed, so I could keep coping. So... Um, I'm going to give my resistance a handshake. No, even a cuddle and say thanks for being there. You've really, um, really supported me in times of crisis. And now I can just let some of my resistance be a little more in the distance. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> thanks for that reflection, Jonathan. One of the insights I think I can take away from today's meditation was a kind of like a reframing of Joko Beck's notion of labeling thoughts. So one of my common forms of really trying to escape this moment is to get into planning of some kind. And it's, it's been with me ever since I started meditating. And um, just the simple act of labeling planning, I think, is a form of supporting resistance in a ways. 
It's the attitude of the labeling being one of gentle acceptance, just planning, planning, planning. Yeah, I think that's uh, really helpful. Accepting uh, denial and allowing denial to support me in living in the present. Thank you. It's interesting, Bernie Glassman talks about um, denial as being the kind of opposite of witnessing. But in some ways, with this paradoxical notions that Reese has presented us with, um, we could almost say in that denial is maybe supportive of witnessing as well. And the two go together. We could not have witnessing without denial and denial without witnessing. Something that I have um, in my life is I have a lot of things to do, all, all delightful. Um, I appreciate it all, really. I don't begrudge it, but um, it becomes, I become anxious because there's expectations. So this, um, and yeah, of course, resisting, resisting that. This process helped. I feel supported within myself and, and, and calm um, and just as you say Andrew I found myself planning as to a strategy to work with these uh, what I sense is pressure mm. occasionally to live in the now to be here now just do one thing at a time and to, yeah, so this is a, a, a good process to follow for me. Thank you.
And Reese, you're allowed to bear witnessing to the witnessing if you want to. That's lovely, Andrew. <laughs> it's been nice to um, hear people's voices. I, I don't, you know, I'm in Victoria, like a few of us are, are not kind of, are not um, up near Coffs Harbour where a lot of you are. And so it's nice to feel a part of the community a little bit more as I have been when I've been doing the ethics um, that the precepts uh, group. I think it's nice for me to get some kind of, to hear some voices after I kind of present in some way into this community that many of you I don't know um, or, or don't know well. I thought I might feel uh, um, sometimes when when you present something or say something and then there's an opportunity for feedback and people don't say much, it can feel anxiety provoking or like something like that. But, but here I, I didn't feel that. I actually thought it was really nice to be sitting in silence and just have a, an occasional kind of break in the silence. It felt to me kind of like my family were in a kind of Christian sect, somewhat like the Quakers, and it felt like my grandparents were it felt kind of like that. They spend time in silence and then when they get called to speak, there's a kind of speaking and, and there can be long periods of silence and it felt kind of like that to me. It reminded me of that. <laughs> 